Hey there, I'm the Kentucky Guy, and thank you so much for listening to the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Here at the Red Pill Current News Podcast, we strive on bringing you news that you won't find in the fake media every day. We also strive to bring you the truth, not only on politics, but the world news all around, including pop culture and so forth. As for myself, I worked in the private sector for around 25 years in the call center management and health insurance industry. Uh, Due to unforeseen circumstances and health issues, I was forced into early retirement last year. Now, a couple years ago, I noticed that something just wasn't sitting right with the way our country was being ran or being politicized as. So I started doing research, a lot of research. And that's why I'm able to now host this podcast. I've been on other shows as well, discussing my views. I'm also on social media. I'm on The Clapper, Rizzle, TikTok, Truth Social, Facebook, and many more. You can find me at the KY Guy, Kentucky Guy, KY Guy, or KY Guy 80. Different ones. Somebody had my name on other platforms, of course. <laughs> All right. So, yes, and I uh, do want to let you know that we do drop a new episode here every every Wednesday and Saturday. So be sure to uh, hit that follow or subscribe button no matter where you're listening to. We are on all podcast platforms. All right. So I hope you enjoyed today's show. And uh, again, God bless and God bless America. And welcome to a special report on the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Hey, how's everybody doing today? This is part two of Devolution. Uh, This is a report that I start, a special uh, series, I guess you could call it, uh, that I started the other day. Uh, Something that I'm really, really um, excited and kind of nervous also to share with you. because I really, uh, uh, if you've listened to the the previous episode, uh, it's been I've been waiting eight months to share this uh, until I got the go ahead, and I'm still kind of clueless why now. But anyways, I uh, hope you guys are having a great Monday. That's uh, it is uh, raining here in the beautiful state of Kentucky. I'm your host, the Kentucky guy. Once again, welcome to the show. Uh, just a reminder. Uh, we've got some guests this week. Uh, yeah, uh, so um, this uh, Wednesday, uh, we've got a nurse practitioner. Uh, she's also uh, she also specializes in in uh, fundamental medicines. Uh, really, I think she's going to bring a lot of value to the show. So be sure to check that out. And I'm excited to have on Saturday, uh, Tom. He is a uh, he's a scientist. He's a uh, he also, uh, he heals through hypnotics. Uh, I said that wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, holistic. He's a holistic healer. And, uh, yeah, just uh, overall, I think uh, uh, I've been doing my research, and uh, I think he's going to be a fascinating interview as well. And, uh, and then on the Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast uh, this Friday, uh, we have a young man joining us for the first time. Uh, and that should be pretty exciting as well. So, and then I've got, um, I, I, I've got, a, I've got people lined up, uh, actually all the way into August, uh, right now. So, yeah, so we're going to have a lot of different, uh, people with different backgrounds. Remember, if you ever want to be a guest on the show, 
you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky, the number's 99 at yahoo.com. Our normal schedule is we drop episodes here every Wednesday and Saturday. Uh, also, for you wrestling fans, oh, yeah, uh, we do drop episodes every Monday, which is today. New episode being dropped soon. And uh, every Saturday as w- or every Friday as well. So be sure. To, and that's at Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. All right. So um, let's go ahead and get started in part two of Devolution. Uh, so starting off, I wanted to uh, say something. I seen some of the feedback in the emails, and I appreciate that. I really do. And I don't think that I truly explained uh, the definition uh, of devolution as as good as I should have uh, on the previous episode. So let me let me break it down here before we get started. Okay, devolution. Uh, the definition, of course, is a continuary of government, right? But it basically means that the person in charge, uh, in this case, the president, right? He temporarily transfers parts of his power to the military or another government agency, okay? So, yeah, so uh, I do believe that he's still in, con- uh, President Trump is still in control, uh, but uh, that's very important that you understand uh, for what's coming uh, the true definition. So it's a temporary transfer of power to the military or another government agency, temporary anytime that there's any kind of and i've went over this any kind of uh, uh war attack and so forth all right so we left off the last episode with this powerful statement from trump describing covid the covid attack from china once again once again listen to this closely this part right here okay we went through this is a quote from President Trump, we went through the worst attack we've ever had on our country. Worse than Pearl Harbor, worse than the world 9-11. These are, these are huge, this is a huge statement. I, didn't, I don't think I emphasized it enough on the last episode. This is a huge statement, and you're going to want to keep this in the back of your mind uh, as we're coming through, because I had to relate back to this statement a lot. A lot when I was doing my research. Also, I want to give some credit out there uh, on some of this research. First of all, you heard me mention John. Uh, he's been extremely helpful uh, in building this research. Uh, Patriot, the Patriot Group, uh, thank you guys so much uh, for your hard work uh, into this as well. Uh, even uh, Newsweek, because uh, I did borrow some articles from there, and uh, the New York Post. So I do want to give credit. Uh, when I can and, and when I pull something from different places, okay? Uh, so let's move on. Local Democrat officials and rhinos unconstitutionally changed election laws in swing states to create more in-mail voting. Trump knew that this was occurring, right? Uh, the, the and Here's an article, and that's why I'm just saying here's an article because uh, I've already given credit to everybody. <laughs> oh, CNN, I did steal uh, some of your fake stuff as well. So, But anyways, here, here's an article. Uh, U.S. President Trump has warned his fellow Republicans that their opponents may steal November's election as his party anointed him as their candidate. Their co- quote from President Trump, they're causing COVID to defraud the American people, Mr. Trump told delegates on the first day of the party convention in North Carolina, he repeated. You see that you see where you'll see what kind of uh, newspaper this article come from. He repeated an untrue claim that mail-in ballots could lead to voter fraud. An unprecedented number of Americans are expected to vote by mail as a result of the uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic. Right? Yeah. Uh, think back to 2016 election. And just remember what President Trump said after he was elected. This comes from CNN. President-elect Donald Trump 
alleged Sunday without evidence that millions of Americans voted illegally for Hillary Clinton and otherwise he would have won the popular vote uh, as well. It's an unprecedented allegation by a president-elect, of course, at CNN. Trump won the Electrical College and thus the White House, but the Democrat nominee leads him in the popular vote uh, by about 2 million ballots. Hillary Clinton, that's like Joe Biden getting 80 million votes. Come on, come on, come on. (laughs) In addition to winning the Electrical College in a landslide, because you all didn't think he had a chance, and he won, uh, I won the popular vote. If you deduct the millions of people who voted illegally, Trump tweeted. Man, I miss Trump. Soon as Trump took office, he started taking steps to fix the broken election system. See, this started back in 2016, right? Let me give you some debt, or 2017, rather. Let me give you some, uh, some stuff here, all right? On May 11th, 2017, Trump established the Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity in 2017. Section 3, their mission. The commission shall consist with applicable law, study the uh, registration and voting processes used in federal elections. The commission shall be solely advisory and shall submit a report to the president that identifies the following. Number one, those laws, rules, policies, activities, strategies, and practices that enhance the American people's confidence in the integrity of the voting uh, process used in federal elections. Number two, these laws, rules, policies, activities, strategies, and practices that undermine the American people's confidence in the, in the integrity of the voting process used in federal elections. And number three, and I want you to listen to this one very close. Number three, those vulnerabilities in voting systems and practices used for federal elections that could lead to improper voter registrations and improper voting, including fraudulent voter registration and fraudulent voting. Okay? Some stuff there to remember. In September of 2017, he signed an executive order imposing certain sanctions in the event of foreign interference in a United States election. And in November 2018, he created the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. This is very important. Okay, let's hear what they do. Just one second here. Let's see what they do. All right, so (laughs) I apologize. I had to. uh... All right, here we go. Computer's running slow. Sorry. Should have had this already. Uh, on November 16, 2018, the president signed into law uh, the Cyber Security and uh, Infrastructure Security Agency Act of 2018. This act elevates the mission of the former Department of Homeland Security, National Protection and Programs uh, Directive, and establishes the cybersecurity and the Infrastructure Security Agency, which is the CSA, is responsible for protecting the national critical infrastructure from physical and other cyber uh, cyber threats, a mission that requires effective coordination and collaboration among a brand spectrum of government and private sector organizations. Think about it. Why is he putting all this in there? He's already told you that he's aware 
of what happened in 2016, why he didn't get the popular vote. And I think he basically was just calling it out and letting us know. He didn't care. He already won the presidency. Why would he do that? He got so scrutinized for saying that. Uh, he, need, he wanted us to know. He needed us to know that he knew what really happened. In December of 2019, Trump created the Space Force. All right, so so let's recap real quick, because I know that's a lot of information uh, really fast, right? So here, let's do this. We're going to recap. I'm going to take a quick break for our sponsor, Anchor. If you're thinking about doing a uh, podcast or you're wanting to uh, maybe move to a different podcast hope, uh, host, I recommend Anchor 100%. They can do it all right there. Be right back, folks. Thank you guys so much. Hey, guys, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? It's the best and easiest way I've found to start a new podcast. Everything is right there. At Anchor, I can not only record my podcast, I can add music, I can add sounds, and much more. Also, I can trim and crop my podcast as well, all in one place, right there on my iPhone or computer. On Anchor, as a host, you can distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, and many more. Everything is in one place. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Best part of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app today. Or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, and welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay, so welcome back to our special report, Devolution Part 2. Uh, and like I've told you, this is this is a, a full series, uh, and I will upload an episode uh, try to, uh, as much as possible, at least every other day, maybe every day. Uh, it all depends on how the schedule goes. But let me uh, do a quick, let me do a recap here of what I'm thinking, because uh, I really don't want to lose anybody, because that was a whole lot of information all at once, okay? And what you're doing is you're just following along on how uh, my thinking about this and where I'm pulling the information from and how I'm piecing uh, this major puzzle together is basically what we're doing, okay? So, President Trump, uh, with assistance from the United States military and other key individuals throughout our federal agencies, caught our foreign adversaries, aiding the Democrats and even some rhinos with the theft of the 2020 election. This is bigger than just mere corruption and scandal. It's an act of war from domestic and foreign enemies. That's very important. Biden was allowed to assume office, but it's not what it appears to be. How much control does Biden really have? The policy decisions being put forth by Biden, which are killing America, uh, will be reversed because fraud, uh, fraud, uh, Fraud vetoes everything. So they're basically playing house in the White House. And their time in office will only lead to more people wanting Trump back. And we see this more and more every day. Uh, that is the whole reason Trump had to walk away. The, the uh, fake news, and you know he fought them every day. They created such a divide in this country and tensions were so high that if Trump would have prevented Biden from being inaugurated, it would have resulted in a small-scale civil war. And I believe that. I think too many people are awake now, though. I don't think that would happen, but I do believe that back then. Trump needed the country to wake up to the corruption and false promises of the political establishment. And boy, oh boy, are we not seeing that today. Every day. Go put some gas in your car and you'll see what I'm talking about. Good Lord. Under devolution, Biden has no meaningful 
operational control over the military. We'll go over that in detail later. And the team operating devolution won't let any real harm come to us while the battlefield is prepped for whatever reveals coming. If you look at the actions Trump took leading up to the election, which I'm going to outline, uh, you will see that he was prepared for anything. The Democrats might pull, or he, yeah, <laughs> uh, he was prepared for anything the Democrats might pull. Our military intelligence monitored and captured the election theft. We just need to expose the election fraud on a massive scale. Now, I can hear a lot of you already saying, already saying, if Trump had caught them stealing the election, why didn't he do anything? Why haven't we seen any real proof of voter fraud? <laughs> right? I mean, sure. Question everything. I told you, don't take my word for anything. But I want you to remember something. COVID actually changed everything. When, when Trump said COVID was an attack, he stated that it was the worse than Pearl Harbor. So if Trump had information that the Democrats would steal the election with help from China, that would be considered an act of war. Do you think that is something Trump would allow? Would our military, our United, our United States of America military, not the FBI, not the CIA, none of that crap, would our, our military let China install a puppet as president for real? We prepared for devolution after gathering information on the lab leak and activated it sometime between November 3rd and January 20th. And here's what I, and, and, and here's something that I'm sure you're saying out loud. It's too late. It's too late. The Electrical College vote for Biden. There is no legal precedent outlined in the Constitution for him to be reinstated, reinstated, for Trump to be reinstated. It's over, it's over, we're doomed, it's over. Okay, folks, remember something. We are in a completely unprecedented situation. We are. I mean, we, this has never happened. If the military came out tomorrow and showed you definitive proof that China assisted the Democrats in stealing the 2020 election, would you say, oh, well, no, President, can you show me to my assigned gaggle? Or would you say, heck with that, this can't be allowed to stand. Trump chose the latter. So we need to just step back. And we want to review everything that has happened since the release of COVID. Our enemies conspired to attack the USA with a bioweapon to steal an election with one of our political parties. This is the actual coup that you're not hearing about on fake media. So here's something pretty cool. Let's talk about the DIA, right? Have you guys ever heard of the DIA? The DIA is the intelligent branch of the United States military. Their mission is to provide intelligence on foreign militaries to prevent and de uh, decisively win wars. The director is a principal advisor to the security of defense. They, t they typically serve three terms. The current director, Lieutenant General Scott DeBear, was appointed by Donald Trump and confirmed by the United States Senate on July 20 on July 30th 2020 the DIA is similar to the CIA but note this crucial distinct between the two agencies so the CIA primarily provides intelligence to the president and his cabinet and the DIA provides intelligence for combat related missions so I want you to think back and I know some of you had to hear this because it was on the fake news uh, back when this was happening there was a Chinese defector aka a whistleblower right uh, vice minister uh, Dong Jing of the Ministry of State Security 
defected from China to the United States on February 10th of 2021. Dong was previously the chief of the counterintelligence for the MSS, and if true, uh, Dong would be the highest level Chinese defector in history. It would be as if General Flynn, when he was the director of the DIA, defected to China with all of our military intelligence secrets. That's how big this was, okay? So the CCP, the Chinese uh, Communist Party, uh, immediately claimed back then that Dong was uh, still in China. They released a picture of him from a meeting that supposedly took place on June 24th. However, as always, China's lying. India has come out and claimed that there was no representation from China at that specified meeting. Therefore, the thinking is that picture was uh, from the year before. So shortly after the picture was released, of course, this fake Biden administration came out saying the reports of Dong defection were not true. We can't confirm or deny where he is exactly. But the response was uh, definitive, a closed issue, game, set, match. In other words, we have no idea where he is, but China told us uh, to say we don't have him. <laughs> Man. All right. Some of the information Dong reportedly brought with him was proof that COVID-19 was a bioweapon that was initially released. Think about how that the change in the narrative that has occurred from, <laughs> from 2020 till now on COVID-19. Why isn't our savior, Dr. Fauci, being rammed down our throats via the lamestream media? Uh, he's been virtually blacklisted and his ties to the Wahoo Lab exposed. We weren't allowed to even discuss the possibility of a lab leak until recently or you'd be censored on YouTube and any program. The FBI even received intelligence previously from Mr. Wong, or no, from Dr. Li Ming Yan, showing connections to the Wahoo lab. She was ignored, and the possibility of a lab leak decried as a conspiracy theory. Why would they now change their story? Why on May, May of this year, did Biden order intelligent communities to look into the origin of COVID-19? As the article said, the Biden administration, quote, this spring shut down a State Department investigation into whether the virus could have leaked from the Wahoo lamb, deeming the probe an effective use, ineffective uh, use of resources. Trump started the State Department investigation. Biden terminated it. Uh, and that, and I apologize, that was May of 27th of 2021. Now he backtracks and has the IC looking into the origin again. If this, I mean, think about it. If it was as if somebody who knew the facts, what was going on was pressuring Biden and his fake administration to correct the story. Collaborating reports that the DIA has challenged the FBI and CIA with information received from Dong. In March, the security, the security of state, and this is beautiful, and this is beautiful. If you've never heard this, you're going to love this. Okay. In March, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken met his Chinese counterparts in Alaska. This meeting took place once a month after Dong reportedly defected. The talks were very hostile. Here's a transcript of the U.S.-China opening remarks. What everybody has missed, missed about these hostile public remarks is the actual cause of them. Publicly, China told the United States to stay out of China's internal affairs. Privately, the CCP demanded that the U.S. hand over Dong. <laughs> Blinken, though, <laughs> I love this, uh, wasn't aware that Dong 
was with the U.S. government. The DIA has had Dong since February, and nobody outside of the DIA knew <laughs> knew about it. That includes President Biden, the so-called Commander-in-Chief of the United States, Armed Forces. So how is this possible that the United States President was unaware of the highest-level defector in history? Uh, maybe this is why. Red State source says that the, and this comes from the Red State uh, source, says that uh, partially true FBI Director Christopher uh, Ray was ambushed with the information they say and Langley was also unaware. So, sources say DIA leadership kept the defector uh, within their uh, Clydesdale services network to prevent Langley and the State Department from accessing the person who exists was kept from other agencies because DIA leadership believes there are Chinese spies or sources inside the FBI, CIA, and other government agencies. Wow. They have proof. The, the defector brought uh, terabytes of data with him, uh, including uh, the data uh, is the names of uh, Chinese spies working in the U.S., the names of U.S. citizens who provided intel to China, as well as Hunter Biden and Joe's business dealings with Chinese. I mean, they've got it all, folks. They've got it. And you really think that they're allowing what's happening right now to really happen? Come on. Uh, also, Dong has provided DIA with copies of the contents of hard drive on Hunter Biden's laptop. Think about this now. This is very interesting. Think about this. How much stuff is being released from those laptops right now? Leaked out slowly. I mean, they are, they, this has got to be killing Joe Biden if he's aware of what's going on. I mean, I think he's in another world most of the time, but this has got to be killing him and Hunter because they're just dropping little tidbits that are they're causing so much pain right now. Uh, showing, information, showing the information the Chinese government has about Hunter's pornography problem and about his and Joe's business dealings with China Chinese uh, intellect entities. Uh, some of the files on Dong has provided has provided and shined a light on just how it was that the sale of the Hennings Automotive and their stealth technology to Chinese military manufacturer ABIC Auto was approved. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this implicates here, the implications on this are just massive. The DIA, which is the principal source of intelligence for combat-related missions, kept the defector secret because the president was implicated by the information the defector provided. Think about how big that is. Think about that. So, me personally, I believe Trump had a role in this. And a defector provided information that helped prove the election theft. Why would a Chinese defector come to the United States in February 2021 with information implicating that the current President Biden, knowing there are CCP spies everywhere and that he would possibly be sent back or disappear forever he either came before biden took office and the military has kept his presence quiet or he came in february as reported knowing for certain the military would protect him by not telling the biden administration uh both of these scenarios folks point to devolution both of them easy a scary situation. So again, according to sources, uh, Dong told the DIA debriefers that at least a third of Chinese students, think about this now, this is scary, a third of Chinese students attending U.S. universities are PLA assets or part of thousands talents plan. And that many of the students are under uh, 
they're under psychosis. One reason for using it, as many of these students are the children of high-ranking military and party leaders. So if you look, and you can use Google or, or what have you, uh, how many uh, Chinese students there are, there's 372,000 as of uh, the other day when I was doing this. Uh, so that means a minimum of 124,000 college-age assets scattered across our country. They have way more than just the college-age assets here. China has an army within our borders. They have infiltrated and compromised nearly everything. This is why it's taking so long for Trump to make his reveal. This is why there has been an insane level of military spy aircrafts over the United States. Thank you for that information, Monkey Warwick's. If you haven't followed him yet, he, he, he does a lot with stuff going on in the air. It's amazing. Uh, Trump and the military are trying to neutralize as much of a threat as possible to minimize the fallout. Our enemy will fight tooth and nail to hold on to their power. But Trump and our military are preparing to deliver a death blow, and they have the help of the defector, I believe. Uh, continuing of operation planning has been utilized by the United States since the Cold War. Devolution, right? Uh, as an effort to preserve continuity of government in the event of a nuclear attack, executive order. Oh, yeah. Also, I want to uh, recognize uh, the United States defense website and the United States uh, um, federal executive order website. Uh, got some information from there, too. Just trying to recognize. I'm just covering my tracks, folks. Executive Order uh, 12656, uh, because this is big, and you never know who's going to be, who's going to hear this, and, uh, you know, and if you're on the wrong side and you're hearing this, haha, we got you. Anyways, Executive Order 12656 laid the groundwork and defined what constitutes as a national security emergency. I think this is important, so I'm going to read this real quick from Reagan. Assignment of emergency uh, preparedness responsibilities was issued November 18, 1988, by President Ronald Reagan. Quote, it assigns national security emergency uh, preparedness responsibilities to federal departments and agencies. EO, executive order, uh, 12656, defines a national security emergency as any occurrence, including national disasters, military attack, uh, <laughs> technological emergency, or other emergency that seriously degrades or seriously threatens the national security of the people of the United States. Uh huh. I thought I, I think that's important. Like I said, folks, this is puzzles. We're, we're putting a puzzle together here, right? Uh, in July of 2016, Barack Obama signed the still classified presidential policy directive in accordance with PPD-40. Each department was to maintain continuity programs. Agencies were ordered to have not just a line of succession, but also one of devolution, a duplicate chain of individuals uh, sec uh, secreted outside Washington, available in a catastrophic emergency. Devolution involves procedures to transfer uh, statutory authority and responsibilities to the secondary designated staff to sustain essential functions of the country. Now, even though the federal government agency and department uh, has the uh, COG and the C. OOP plans. The devolution that President Trump initiated was done through the military and the Department of Defense for one primary reason. As their website says, the mission of the Department of Defense is to provide the military forces needed to deter war and to uh, ensure our nation's security. The Secretary of Defense, this is important, 
oversees the Defense Department and acts as a principal defense policymaker and advisor. So if Trump is going to pull off a devolution back then using the military, he has to have the right man at the top of the food chain as his Secretary of Defense, right? So just two days after the Associated Press declared Joe Biden as the winner of the 2020 presidential election, Donald Trump promoted that man. I believe he's a good man. I believe he's a patriot. I believe he's still helping. Christopher C. Miller, the former acting Secretary of Defense, was promoted by Donald Trump on November 9, 2020. One of his last assignments as an officer was as director for special operations, listen to this, a director for special operations and irregular warfare within the office of the assistant secretary of defense for special operations, low intensity conflict. Write that down. So here are some of, when he was in there, the USSOCOM, core activities, direct action, special uh, reconnaissance, uh, unconventional warfare, right here, foreign internal defense, civil affairs operation, counterterrorism, military information, uh, military information support operations, uh, counter uh, proficient of weapons of mass destruction, security force assistance, uh, counter uh, insurancy, hostage rescue and recovery, foreign humanitarian assistance. All right, so the foreign, if you notice, I highlighted the foreign internal defense, right? Basically, what that here's what that is. Activities that support a host nation's internal defense and development strategy uh, designed to protect against subversion, lawlessness, insurgency, terrorism, and other threats through their internal security and stability and legitimacy. Hmm, doesn't that sound, you know, kind of familiar? Huh? What do you think? Sound a little bit like, you know, what happened? All right, so let's talk a little bit about the secretary, the new secretary of defense, okay? So the secretary of defense now, Miller, he started working, he actually started working for Trump in his administration in March of 2018. He's been serving in various roles within the National uh, Counterterrorism Center. He became director of the NCC in August of 2020, a position he had held until his promotion to acting Security of Defense. While the, nation, while the National Counterterrorism Center, he had a brief uh, stint, uh, I think it was... Uh, Let's see, June 19th, 2020 to August 7th, 2020, where he was performing the duties of both until he was replaced by Ezra Cohan uh, Watnick. So within a few days of his promotion to the uh, Secretary of Defense, uh, Christopher Miller and Trump began making moves within the DOD and the Pentagon that many considered unusual. On November 10th, Anthony Tata was promoted to senior official, performing the duties of the Undersecretary of Defense for Policy. The USD happens to be the primary coordinator for Department of Defense Directive 3020, which establishes DOD continuality policy and assigns responsibilities for its implementations. So in other words, one of the first uh, positions filled after Chris Miller became the acting secretary of defense uh, was the position that develops the DOD policy and provides oversight for continuity uh, of operations uh, of the government, uh, like devolution, right? And, uh, uh, Tay Day is also an author 
who writes Tom Clancy's style military thrillers. Uh, so you're, so he doesn't write Tom Clancy, but he writes Tom Clancy's style military thrillers. If you've ever read Tom Clancy or played any of the games, it's pretty intriguing. Uh, he published a book in November of 2019 entitled Double Crossfire. The book has has an interesting description. Uh, in the most shocking scenario of our time, this is a quote, by the way, uh, former uh, brigadier General Anthony J. Tata takes you inside a brilliant, brilliantly conceived, brutally effective plot to overthrow our government from within. Yeah, so we'll just call him a coincidence, right? And he wrote that book, and now he's where he's at, right? <laughs> uh, David Norquist, also serving as the Deputy Secretary of Defense from July 31st to February 8th of 2021, uh, his role was to oversee the day-to-day -day operations as well as manage the DOD budget. Prior to that role, he was essentially the CFO of the DOD. He oversaw the first-ever department-wide financial audit of $2.7 trillion in assets. So mainly why, why I'm talking about him is, uh, first, he's somebody who knows uh, DOD finances inside and out, so he's kind of the type of guy you'd want uh, and need if you're looking to fund the special operations, right? Uh, that you don't want anybody to know about. Second, you're going to see a memo. You're not going to. You're going to hear a memo uh, shortly that he sent out, which to me provide uh, it, it. It pretty much proves that he was involved in devolution with devolution. All right. So let's move on a little bit. Uh, November 11th, 2020. November 11th. Remember these dates are important. Uh, November 11th, 2020 involved the promotion of two more Trump allies, um, uh, the uh, Ezra Cohan, um, Watnick, and then Cash Patel. You guys ever hear that name? He's a true patriot, buddy. Cash Patel. Cash Patel was promoted to Chief of Staff for Acting uh, Secretary of Defense uh, Chris Miller. He played a major role in uncovering the corruption of the Democratic Party during both Spygate and the Ukraine scandal. He's a lawyer who was a legal liaison to the Joint Special Operations Command. It was even rumored he was being considered to lead the CIA to replace Gina Haspel. As Chief of Staff for Secretary of Defense Miller, Patel would have, be, would have been intimately involved with the operations planning. He was also designated to lead the DOD coordination with Biden's transition team. All right. And then we have uh, Ezra Cohan uh, Watnick. These guys are important because they're a part of it, and you need to know their background and dates when they, when they were promoted and, and what, what their new promotion had to do, had to do with this. So he was, so uh, Mr. Watnick was promoted to fill the role of the Undersecretary of Defense, the Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, the UDI, the top Pentagon civilian overseeing intelligence. While in this role, he also continued to serve as the Acting Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations and Low-Intensity Conflict. So he was working both jobs, UDI and the ASD, from November 11th to January 20th. So guess who, <laughs> who directly reports to the UDI? The Director of Defense Intelligence Agency. So Ezra was first uh, brought into the NSC by General uh, Michael T. Flynn. He has experience with the DIA, CIA, Defense Clydestone Service, and the uh, NSC. He was also appointed by the, by the Trump chair, the Public Interest Declassification Board, in December of 2020, a position that would prove useful if you wanted to timely release previously classified information to the public. So on November 18, 2020, 
the Secretary of Defense Miller signed signed a memorandum uh, designating the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations and Low Intensity Conflict as a principal staff assistant, which would report directly to the Secretary of Defense and Deputy Secretary of Defense. So now, uh, Whitnick would be reporting directly to the uh, to Chris Miller. Even more interesting was the memo released shortly thereafter by Deputy by Deputy Secretary of Defense uh, Norquist, titled "Development of the Implication Plan for a Direct Reporting Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations and Low Intensity Conflict." So why am I talking about this, right? Well, because this is who is running devolution right now. These are the people running it. All right, so so note, so one thing to note, the Federal Missions Reliance Statement uh, was released on December 30th, right, of 2020. And let's see, let's read just a part of that. Uh, sustain refers to the ability to continue the direction and performance of an essential function and services to the required minimum performance levels throughout the course of realized impacts from one or more threats. Supplement uh, throughout uh, disruption can be implemented at uh, uh, previously disturbed operation locations devolution location, right in, his memo, right in his memo, or through other uh, mitigation offices. Under day-to-day -day operations, substantment could be carried out multiple, uh, uh, multiple distributed different locations, while other locations, e.g. E relocation, devolution, and alternative processes are levied to support uh, realized threat operation. So now, right, now you have the top civilian official overseeing our military intelligence and top civilian official overseeing our special operation forces. He's just been designated to directly report to our Secretary of Defense, Chris Miller. Now, Secretary uh, Miller was asked to uh, implement something that he'd never that he'd never done before that has never done before the fate of the United States of America is hanging in balance based on the success of this one operation he literally literally had the weight of the world on his shoulders so he turned to people he knew he could trust to get the job done these units specialized and protecting against subversion, lawlessness, and sojourning, uh, terrorism, and other threats to their internal security and stability and legitimacy. This is exactly the group you want to run a devolution operation. I believe the implementation plan meetings began in the week of November 30th, uh, was in, which was the impl uh, implementation of devolution it's no wonder it's no wonder if you guys remember this that the defense secretary miller made these off script comments to vice president mike pence and pence didn't know what he was talking about at the first uh, anniversary of space wars quote from mr miller we've been through some stuff we've gone through some of the most complex military operations this country has ever conducted and your steady hand and your leadership during those was great was a great source of strength for me. Yeah, so Pence heard him talking to Trump, and Pence, <laughs> he didn't know what he was talking about. We'll get into Mike Pence later. We'll get into it in this series, actually. Uh, he had only been in his position a little over a month. If it wasn't devolution, what could be he be referring to as the most complex military operation this country has ever seen so now i want to oh i want to give props to uh or i want to acknowledge political as well 
Uh, now I want to read you an article from them real quick during that time. But people within the transitions team said that the outgoing team's conduct went far above the norm and pointed to loyalists installed by the White House as the main reason for the obstruction. Pentagon officials under President Trump refused to provide information about current operations, particularly in the special operations realm, because they are uh, pre-decisional. That means the Biden team now has limited visibility into key operation issues, including what count what counterterrorism missions are in the works. Haha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Because you're implicated, brother. I gotta tell you that they're investigating you. So remember, Cash Patel, a true patriot, was designated to lead the transition on behalf of the DOD. He, along with Secretary of Defense Miller and the rest of Trump's allies, refused to provide information about current operations, particularly in the special operations realm. Uh, that would be the same realm from the memo above. This is unprecedented, unprecedented in terms of presidential transitions, right? So let's catch up a little bit. That's a lot. I know it's a lot. I, I, I know it is. I'm the guy that done the research. <laughs> it's a lot. But let's catch up uh, so, so, so you can kind of follow along. So, number one, right? Trump prepares for election theft. He knows it's coming. Number two, China joins the Democrats to steal the election. Number three, Trump caught them all and prepares his counter move. Number four, massive personal moves at the DOD and Pentagon to place Trump allies in key roles. Number five, implementation of what appears to me to be devolution plan for our special operation forces. And refusing to tell incoming Democrats about the special operations currently going on. That's a lot, but it means something. On December 7th, 2020, President Trump signed another executive order, number 13961, uh, Governance and Integration of Federal Mission Resilience, and on December 30th, he released the Federal Mission Resilience Strategy 2020. Trump had already uh, started putting devolution into motion. Keep that in mind. As I read this for you, it's almost like he's telling us he's about to do something big. Federal Executive Branch, in support of my administration's national security strategy, I am issuing the Federal Missions uh, uh, Resilience Strategy. Just one second. Sorry about that. Uh, resilient strategy hereafter called the strategy to address the long-term challenges of political, economic, and military uh, competition from near-peer advisories as well as uh, oh, as well as from national disasters and pandemics. Our ad our adversaries will not attempt to fight us on our terms. They have studied our way of war, invested in capabilities to target our strength, and are adept at competing below the, th uh, the threshold of a armed conflict. Adversary threats are not the only source of disruption. Disruptions from wildlife, national disasters, and pandemics such as the COVID-19 pandemic highlighted the importance of the integrated risk management approach to precise essential functions 
and services. The strategy accelerates our collective efforts to fully implement national uh, consistency policy and make risk-informed decisions to maintain a comprehensive and effective uh, capability that ensures the continuous performance of essential functions and services to preserve our our uh, institutional form of government under any and all conditions. As the executive branch, uh, we must, we must uh, recommit and sustain leadership uh, attrition, attention on meeting the needs of the American people in the, in the face of disruptions and preserving our form of government. Despite our best efforts, the government cannot prevent all dangers. We recognize and must prepare for the possibility of unforeseen events, including national disasters, pandemics, cyber threats, and kinetic or electromagnet pulse attacks. We must be prepared as a nation, as a federal government, and as an individual citizens to preserve, protect, and defend our way of life. The strategy builds the national continuity policy and provides guidance to the executive office of the president and federal executive departments and agencies to increase the executive branch's resilience. Our current and future prosperity depends on our ability to reduce the vulnerability of our critical infrastructure to cyber, physical, and electromagnets attacks. The government and private sector must work together to reduce the vulnerabilities and design infrastructure that addresses and resilience and has us more resilience from the start. And then he went on down, uh, President Trump did, and he put summary. Refocusing national continually policy to a proactive uh, assesses, uh, dis- uh, distribute, and sustain planning, planning model will better ensure the resilience of the federal executive branch, accomplishing the priority actions of this strategy requires federal executive branch leadership to drive the rapid assessment of the gaps between existing policy and implementation, as well as the reprioritization, uh, if necessary, of essential functions and services. Additionally, the federal uh, executive branch must leverage its existing uh, distribution of facilities locations, and personal or work across to reduce risk by increasing possible uh, modes available to perform form and manage, sorry, to perform and manage prioritized essential functions and services. Finally, uh, sustained distribution will require physical policy and prioritization. Uh, that better that better enables our nation's dis, uh, <laughs> distributed, uh, scalable, flexible, and adjustable operations across the geographic areas. Listen to this. In accomplishing these goals together, we can ensure the resilience of our constitutional form of government and our American way of life, signed by Donald J. Trump. Folks, this is a real war with China. It's not about Trump, okay? This is not all about Trump. This is about keeping our country. Devolution isn't meant to be permanent, and it certainly wouldn't be able to last four years, I don't think. So how is President Trump going to come back in, before 2024? How? 
In reality, I don't think he ever left. Throughout his presidency, Trump has often spoken of our nation's founding fathers. And I think we're going to cut it off right there. Uh, I think you guys will enjoy this. I'm going to read the speech to you. It's very long. I will get it at the beginning of the next episode. But, uh, yeah, so thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening to this episode. I know it's one of the long ones. This is this series is going to be longer than what I thought it was. Uh, once I start, started compiling everybody, all my notes and uh, John's notes and, 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 and what have you. Anyways, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, please be sure to tune in on Wednesday uh, when the episode is up uh, with our special guest. I uh, hope you guys have a blessed rest of the day and week. And uh, we'll be talking to you real soon. This has been the Current News, the Red Pill Current News Podcast Special Report Devolution Part 2. Thank you guys so much.